Well, let's give the Lord a good hand clap of praise tonight. He's worthy. Does anybody believe he's worthy tonight? Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto the Lord. Shout unto the Lord. Shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. Well, God bless you. You can be seated for a few moments here tonight. I want to say thank you to this good man of God for the invitation to come. And I certainly did not intend to uh, endanger his life. I was just preaching what I preached at home. And uh, the reaction may have been the same. I just didn't hear it. I don't know. But uh, we certainly love your good man of God so very much. It's already been said he's a man of vision, a man with a drive to do something for God. And we are so thankful to, uh, let's say I make the, the acquaintance many years ago. I really don't know. Uh, I guess the elder knew me before I knew him. But uh, we, we certainly love the Thrasher family so very much and glad to be part of this meeting and everything about this good man and his wife is first class and uh, and we went in the motel room there today and there wasn't a basket there was multiple uh, baskets and I knew which one was mine it was full of chocolate and uh, so I didn't even look at the name I just knew that was for me and uh, he said something about sugar-free candy. I said, well, I hate it when they buy that stuff. We have to throw all that away. That's expensive. And uh, kids won't eat it, and I'm afraid of it. And, uh, but anyway, uh, so, so, ki so kind. And I was thinking today, I, I don't know when you start uh, feeling like um, you're an old man. I don't know. When that time comes, as far as in my body, I feel like an old man. But I, I, I was thinking today, this church surely knows this, but I'd like to remind you again that, that your preacher's not a novice. He's not a junior. He isn't just a replacement because somebody passed away. He's a man of God sent to this place to carry on the work that was established here. And God made, God made a wonderful choice in sending this good man. And we are honored to be standing in his pulpit tonight. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Certainly looking forward to Elder Bullock and Elder Phillips. You know, it's, it's an awesome thing when you can uh, be on the handbill with two men that their church is in but about six miles apart, and they get along. Isn't that a wonderful thing? we got East Vider and West Vider going to be preaching here in this meeting. And uh, I know both of these men, what wonderful men of God they are. And we are going to be so blessed I've already got a menu in my motel room of what the meals are going to be. And uh, so I think we're having Dixie Stampede soup after service tonight. And 
and uh, man, if you don't get anything out of this but that, you were blessed for coming. Amen. So we are looking forward to that. And I want to say tonight, so good to have my wife and my two of my children here with me tonight. And look out here and got some uh, family here. My brother and his son, they're good pastor. Brother also good neighboring pastor. All these elders here. Hadn't seen Brother Chris Young in many years. Good to see him tonight. And uh, if you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm just trying to get over being nervous. And uh, I don't want to get shot this year, and I don't want to get the elders shot this year. But uh, we are certainly grateful to be here tonight. Give honor to these men sitting on this pulpit. And uh, I feel uh, quite different this uh, tonight. I, I, I feel that I certainly have... Uh, the mind of God for tonight. I don't know if uh, all of you will feel that way. I don't know if I will uh, preach to everybody here tonight, but I do want to deliver what I feel on my soul. And I want to say to these folks that have been visiting this local assembly, you have made our night by coming to camp meeting to celebrate with us. Amen, 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 amen. And wouldn't anything make it any better than for you to get to the place where this good elder could baptize you in Jesus' name and God fill you with the Holy Ghost. And uh, if anybody's told you it's not for you, just get it and go back and tell them they didn't know what they were talking about. You were there when it happened, and you guess you ought to know. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Lord, it is for you. And uh, tonight I have a very familiar passage of Scripture, and that's always uh, a little troubling because you're afraid folks are just going to turn you off. But I, I hope you'll let me preach to you for a little while this evening from uh, the 16th chapter of the book of Luke. And while you're returning there one more time, Elder, thank you so much for the invitation to come. Elder Bullock, we are certainly looking forward to the word of the Lord. Love and appreciate this good elder. Uh, Luke chapter 16, and uh, we want to uh, begin reading at verse 19 and reading through uh, the end of the chapter. And if you will help me tonight, I do not feel like we will be long, but... I feel in my heart tonight that God really wants to help somebody change their mind. Brother Adams, I feel like God really wants to help somebody change their mind tonight. Before I left the home church this morning, I was there walking and praying and felt such a heavy uh, burden upon my heart and I, I hope that God will uh, let me uh, get what I feel from my heart to yours tonight Luke chapter 16 and uh, verse 19 and if you would just make a commitment right now that preacher I'm not going to turn you off because that's been read so many times I'm going to stay with you for a little while how many is going to help me preach tonight I need you to help me tonight Luke chapter 16 and verse 19. 
There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. I want this good elder to lead us all in prayer. Could we pray tonight? Let's all pray. tonight to deliver what I feel on my soul. Please help me in this room. Oh God, would you help us? Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And all the church said amen. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. And I would like to use for a title this evening, a glimpse of eternity. A glimpse of eternity. And uh, I, I, I need some folks that know how to labor with the preacher to be doing some praying, not loud enough to disturb anything, but praying that God's will would be accomplished and that every hindrance would be moved out of the way so that whomever, whomever God sent me to speak to could hear him tonight. Amen. Uh, this is not the story of a rich man and a beggar. This is the story of two beggars. One begged in this life and one begged in the life to come. Uh, one begged in the temporal and one begged in the eternal. 
If I've got to beg, I want to do it here and not over there. I, I want to beg where it's passing and not lasting. Can you say amen? This is not the story of one suffering man. This is the story of two suffering men. One suffers for just a little while down here, and then one is in agony forever. If I've got to suffer, I pray, God, let me do it right here in the temporal and not in the eternal. Uh, this passage deals with eternity. It's after death that this passage takes place. And if you'll notice here, the rich man has no name in eternity. It's just the rich man. And the beggar is the one who had a name on the other side where it really matters. Uh, my name may never matter down here but after I'm put in that coffin and placed in the ground if my name is known in the eternal that is all that matters I've got to be known over there I said I've got to be known over there where it really matters could somebody say amen you know the rich are always famous and everybody knows who they are but thank God, uh, thank God you may be in this house tonight and somebody had to drive you to church because uh, in the, in the, uh, as the world would look at you, you're so poor, you can't even own a vehicle. You may be here tonight, don't own a home. Uh, you may feel like you don't have anything in this life, uh, but if your name is written down, uh, it's not the story of a rich man and a beggar. Uh, it's the story of a man rich uh, where it really matters tonight and that is is in eternity. Amen. I want my name known over there. Praise the Lord. You may say, Keith, who from where? But as long as God knows who I am, that's all that I'm concerned about. You know, verse 22 of this glimpse into eternity lets us know that death does not play any favorites. Both of these men died. We understand the rich die, the poor, the young, the old, male, female. It doesn't matter. That is an appointment that we are all going to keep. In verse 23, as we glimpse over into eternity, we are told that is torments, plural. We know that there are many torments in that place called hell. Also in verse 23, as we get a glimpse of eternity. He said that he saw Abraham and Lazarus in his bosom. That screams to you and I that there is an observation deck in that place called hell. There is a balcony where you can step out and see all the way over into paradise. I wonder tonight how many of you have made up your mind that's a place I'm never going to go. I'm never going to visit the balcony in hell and view the glory that awaits on the other side and know that for eternity I am cast out. I refuse to go and see what I have missed. I've got to make it to that other side. Young person, hear me in this house tonight. Middle-aged person, grandmother, make up your mind. Whatever I've got to go through, whatever I've got to face, whatever struggles whatever pain whatever heartache I refuse to go to that place called hell and view the glories of the other side could we give the Lord a good hand clap of praise tonight oh thank you precious God 
Oh, I need you tonight, Master. Hallelujah. From hell's balcony, you can see paradise. I've got to go to make it to heaven. I've got to make it to heaven tonight. I wonder, I wonder what you will see if wrong decisions are made in your life and hell would be your eternal destination. What will you be forced to view from that horrible place of torment? Maybe, maybe it would be parents who the tears have been wiped from their eyes and you witness the pure joy of being in the presence of God forever and know they'll never pray again. They'll never cry again. Maybe from the balcony of hell you'll see your pastor and his good wife that have begged and pleaded, prayed and fasted and sought God, begging you and begging him to touch you one more time. You look over into paradise and realize the lines of worry are gone from his face the heartbreak of his soul has been erased and you can't see it there anymore just one eternal day of joy in the presence of almighty God while in the torments of hell the screams and the agony you're on that balcony looking over into what you missed I'm telling you God sent me to this house to tell somebody uh, you need to get a glimpse of hell uh, from right here uh, and make up your mind uh, you're not going to go. Oh, hallelujah. I must be saved. In verse 24, hell begins to plead with heaven and it begs for one drop of water on a beggar's finger. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. It don't ask for permission to do something you've been told a hundred times you can't do. It don't approach heaven and ask for permission to involve yourself in something or go somewhere or visit some place that the man of God has put off limits. Oh no, when hell petitions heaven, all it's concerned about is just a drop of water, not a lake full, not a frosty glass, just one little drop on a beggar's finger. Why would he be so intense? The Bible let us know why. I am torn in this flame. Somebody under the sound of my voice tonight the adversaries convinced you you've about found something worth trading in your master for. You better consider hell before you walk out. You better consider hell before you turn away. You better consider hell before you determine you're not going to stay. Oh, let's lift our hands right now. Come on, ask the Lord to help us in this place. Come on, we need the Lord to help us in this place. Oh, hallelujah. They're screaming from hell's balcony tonight. I need just a drop of water. I'll take it from a beggar's finger. 
I'll take it from a man full of sores, licked by the dogs. I've just got to have a little drop of water. I'm tormented in this flame. Oh, Brother Avery, that's not camp meeting preaching. I'm not a camp meeting preacher. All I can do is preach what I feel on my heart. And I'm telling you, sir, ma'am, just as sure as I'm standing here, somebody is weighing out their options right now. And God sent me to tell you, put hell in that scale before you decide. Put hell in that scale before you weigh out your pleasure. It's going to cost more than you're willing to pay. Why a drop of water? I'll tell you why. I am tormented in this flame. I'm tormented in this flame. I'm tormented in this flame. Verse 25. The request in 24 was a drop of water. Heaven answers with a demand. And that man de- demand is... Remember, what memories are you going to take to hell, sir? What memories, ma'am, are you going to take to that eternal place called hell? We hear a lot of talk today about if you'll take this, it'll help your memory. It'll help memory loss. I'm telling you, you could die with dementia and not even know your name. But when you get to hell, there will be no memory loss. It's all going to come racing back. And you're going to relive it as you stand on the balcony and view paradise. You're going to remember every night that the man of God preached and you said no. Every time that the children's choir sang and the presence of God walked in this room. How many hundreds of messages are you going to take to hell, man? Hey, young person, how many times are you going to live it over and over again when heaven demands you in that place called hell to stand on its balcony and view paradise and remember over and over and over again? What kind of memories are you going to take to hell with you? Memory of a praying preacher. Memory of a pleading spouse. A parent trying so hard. One of those plural torments of hell is going to be you're forced to remember. Remembering that tug of God that said, hey, you better change. Say, what did that rich man ever get a chance? That rich man knew what he saw. He knew paradise when he saw it. He knew Abraham, and it wasn't a stranger to him. He called him father. 
He knew what it took. He knew what was there. And I'm telling you, no doubt, Lazarus had a burden. No doubt he may have witnessed to that man. And then he looks over into paradise and said, hey, Father Abraham, could I get a drink of water? I know you're merciful. I know that down here, complete there. But rich man, things have changed. You're not on earth anymore. You're in eternity. And there is no gulf that can be spanned. You're there forever. I'm telling you, rich man, you got to remember your little parties. You laughed and had fun. Your life was grand and good, but now it's all over. You relive it again, but you got to do it from hell's balcony. As you remember the chances you threw away as you view the happenings in a place of paradise. Oh, hallelujah. What memories are you going to take to hell, sir? What memories are you going to take to that place called hell? Memories of lost opportunities, of times that could have been spent with God and with the church, and yet your hobbies or whatever it was that pulled you away. All of that must be remembered. You're going to remember talking when you should have been praying. You're going to remember siding with the rebels instead of with the church. You're going to remember gossiping about your man of God and the house of God. You're going to remember sympathizing with those that did not love what you loved. Don't take those memories to hell with you. Get them under the blood before you leave this house tonight. I'm begging somebody in this room get a glimpse of eternity from earth. Don't wait till you get to hell to view paradise. Oh, help us tonight, God. Hallelujah. In that glimpse, verse 26 lets us know there's boundaries in hell. Don't you let anybody convince you you're just going to go a while and get prayed back out of there. That's a lie. That's a lie. I pastor in a Catholic stronghold. They teach them that, but it's a lie. Once you're there, you ain't ever getting out. Hell's not going to heaven, and heaven's not going to hell. Abraham said, there's a gulf, there's a line. You can't get out, and we sure ain't leaving paradise to come to you. It's a lie. Don't believe it. It was mentioned here tonight. Verse 28 gives us a glimpse of eternity. They have a burden for souls in hell. You're going to change your opinion about outreach in hell. You're going to change your opinion about outreach in hell. Them little grandbabies you could bring to church if it didn't mess up your Sunday afternoon meal. 
them neighboring kids you could bring to church and let your man of God preach to but are racing toward hell because you don't have enough burden to bring them to the house of God you'll change your opinion of outreach in hell I'm telling you right now in hell they're screaming tell my brothers don't come to this place I have five brothers in the natural all of them are in church but one but can I tell you in hell I've got a grandfather that's screaming don't come don't come maybe if we could hear in the spirit world that rich man is screaming at Abraham could you tell him preach harder than he is put more into it than he is don't let him come whatever you do we've got a burden for souls in hell don't let him come don't let him come to hell but preacher if I bring them to Sunday school I won't get to the restaurant in time to beat the crowd Oh, hallelujah. You'll change your opinion on outreach in hell. They got a burden tonight. If I can't even get a drop of water, then let's turn the attention from me and get it down there to my brother's house. Tell them, don't come. Oh, Brother Avery, if something supernatural was happening, if my favorite preacher was preaching, if there was some, something took place that would move the world, then I'd repent. Oh no, you read your Bible. God called Lazarus from the dead and all it done was provoked in them to want to kill him because somebody believed. When you make up your mind not to be touched, then God's hands are tied. I read just yesterday, Moses told them, God will decide tomorrow. The ground opens up and swallows them. The fire goes, destroys Korah. One night of peace, the next morning they come out and said, why are you killing the church for? Verse 29 gives us a glimpse. I'm hurrying on here this evening. Verse 29 gives us a glimpse of how hell values a preacher. Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and, everybody say and. Moses and, and the prophets. Moses and the prophets, these pastors that are sitting here, these evangelists, these preachers, Moses and you let them hear them. I'm telling you in hell tonight, they've got a revelation and that revelation is it's either hell or a God called preacher. It's either hell or a man of God in your life standing in the gap and making up the hedge. Don't wait till you get to hell the value your man of God learn right now the value of the preacher that God has put in your life oh let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise
Don't wait till you get to hell to learn the value of a preacher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Send one from the dead to preach to my family. Oh no, God's not changing his plan. You get a preacher just like everybody else. And if that ain't enough, then his hands are tied and to hell there awaits a place on its balcony for you to view what you could have had. I'd like for somebody to hear me in this place tonight. I'd like to remind you of a man by the name of Achan that didn't hear the man of God in his life. I sat in my motel room this afternoon and I thought if Achan could scream at us, he would say, don't miss the the glaring message of the tragedy of my life. Hey, Aiken, what is that message? And that message is, if you gotta hide it from your man of God, then it's always wrong. If you gotta hide it from God, it's always wrong. If you gotta hide it, it's gonna damn your soul to a red-hot hell. Aiken screaming at you tonight, don't hide, get it right, don't hide. Get it under the blood. If you gotta hide it, it's always wrong. You can be seated. What what about this book I've been reading? If you gotta hide it, it's wrong. What about this music I've been listening to? If you gotta hide it, it's wrong. What about these friends I've been hanging out with? If you gotta hide it, it's wrong. They can always measure it by that yardstick right there. If I gotta hide it, it's not gonna take me to hell. I'm not gonna put it in my tent. I'm not gonna bring it in and defile me or my family. If you gotta hide it, it's gonna take you to hell. That ain't complicated. What about those folks from work that I've been texting, preacher? Very simple. If you gotta hide it, it's wrong. If you can't call home and tell mom and dad what you're doing, don't do it. It's wrong. And in hell, they're screaming, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. There's some things you just got to do as they come in your mind. You got to get it out. You read in your Bible where that Satan put it in the heart of Judas to betray Jesus. I don't believe in predestination. Somebody was going to betray him by the couch, but it didn't have to be Judas. Brothers, all the tragedy come when Judas didn't take it when Satan put it in and jerk it right back out. Say, oh no, not here. Not here. I'm not going to sit in here while the man of God's preaching and harbor bitterness. You ain't doing that to me. I'm not going to sit in here and harbor feelings or get saints. You ain't doing that to me. You're not putting that in my heart. That's not your property. 
But Judas, I want to tell you, if you can sit at the table with the master with betrayal in your heart and say, Lord, is it I? You are on your way to the devil getting in and taking over. The best thing you can do is get it out of your heart and get it out now. Don't go to hell. Don't go to hell. Don't go to hell. I don't want to remember that in hell. But it wasn't long till Satan come back by and he didn't put a thought in Judas's heart. The Bible said Satan entered into. What happened, Brother Avery? You know what happened. After Satan took over, he walks in the garden falls down under the power of God when Jesus spoke just like the rest of them did. And he got right up and went on with his betrayal. He kissed the master, went right on with his betrayal. Jesus said, hey, friend, wherefore art thou come? And he just goes right on. But young people, and I keep saying young people, I don't know why, but church, listen to me today. I'm telling you the devil wasn't done with Judas, elder, till he took him out there with that rope and said, now here's the rope and there's the tree. Tie it off and jump out. And he opens his eyes in the balconies of hell, viewing paradise and is still remembering tonight what he lost. How many times can you count to 30, Judas, in an eternity. How many times are you made to go back and count one piece of silver, two pieces of silver, while you scream in agony, how could I have sold him out so cheap? I'm asking you tonight in this place, what are you going to be forced to relive in hell? Don't let the devil steal the value of your man of God out of your life. Remember, remember when it was work day and everybody came but you went fishing and sent text messages of how good you were doing. Remember when everybody gave sacrificially and you sat around with your smug. If they knew how to manage money, they wouldn't need an offering attitude. Yeah, rich man, you're going to ride right by that little beggar. There'll be a day you'll beg him, stick your infested finger in water and give me just a drop. I can't take it anymore. Souls Harbor, listen to me tonight. Listen to me. Don't ever make this man pastor in the shadow of previous men of God in this church. Because it's what he's preaching right now that's keeping you out of hell. (laughs) 
It's what these men of God all across this pulpit and all across this congregation are preaching right now that's keeping you out of hell and keeping bitterness out of your heart and keeping joy in your homes and your children in the house of God. Don't wait till you get to hell to value your preacher. Oh, somebody give the Lord some praise tonight. Well, it's still all right. I said it's still all right. Well, hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated in hell tonight. They have no favorite preachers. Well, said in hell tonight, they don't have no favorite preacher. They love to hear Billy Huey with with his little stickers on the back of his shirt. Stand one more time, sis, between them and hell. It wouldn't matter if it was a young man that couldn't quote the text, stumbled over the words, but if he would step out there one more time and say, rich man, you better not ride by your warning. This is going to be your last trip by. The next time you see Lazarus, it's going to be from the balconies of hell as you view him in the arms of Abraham. I'll tell you what he would do. He would get out of that wagon. He'd say, can we pray right here? I'd like to get it right, right. Right now, I pray, oh God, deliver us from our favorite preacher syndrome. If a man's anointed, you better open your heart and let God speak to you. It might be your last time before hell. It might be your last time before hell. I'm telling you, our preachers are educated now and they're suave and I thank God for every one of them. But you better go home to your local church and thank God you got a preacher that'll let sweat drip off his chin and tell you it's either this or it's hell. It's still one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. It's still holiness without which no man will see the Lord. Do you value your preacher? tonight do you value your preacher tonight oh let's reach out right now Well, hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. In hell tonight, they wouldn't come up after Wednesday night Bible study and tell the pastor what he could have added to that that would have made it just awesome. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. If you would have put this in there, it would have been awesome. 
No. Now, if hell could be here tonight, there wouldn't be no final amen, Brother Thrasher. They'd already be in the altar. They'd have been in the altar when worship service was going on when the presence of God come through her the first time. They'd have been in the altar when, those, when the Spirit of God moved when that little young choir was singing. But no, we're experts now. We're going to judge who's the best, who preached the top message while we sat with bitterness in our heart, anger in our spirit, build up a wall against the pulpit, won't even talk to our preacher after church, want to bake the evangelist a pie. You're a rebel on your way to hell. You better learn how to love a man of God that God placed over you. You better say, preacher, preach it straight. Preach it right. Tell me like it is. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. How much do you value your man of God tonight? Well, I need to go on, but... I said, I I need to go on, but... Boy, I feel a stump in here right now. Oh, brother, you're just trying to be tough because you ain't home. I don't care what you think. My tape library's open. You can hear anything you want to hear. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, men of God today look 10 years older than they do because the pulpit is so under fire from the pew. It ain't newcomers. No. Pastor Oswald, it ain't them new folks that we're praying through. Man, they're saying, hey, I don't know why y'all do this, but ain't no problem with me. This old dignified saints. It's got a little corn in their crib. Oh, I'm telling you, you're going to be a nameless. You're going to be a nameless vagabond in hell. Could we pray right now? In hell. They're here in paradise. Tell them, your family better hear a preacher's what your family better do. God bless you. You can be seated. You know what they're saying in hell right now? They hear the echo from paradise. They got a glimpse over into glory. And that echo is, your family better hear a preacher. Moses and the prophets. I tell you what, Abraham, if Moses were to go knock on their door, I believe that here. God don't owe you a Moses. God don't owe you a superstar. All he owes you is an anointed man to tell you what thus saith the word of God. If I had a Moses, I'd listen. Oh, you better hear who God put in your life.
Hallelujah. Well, I tell you what, I, I'd be more comfortable right now if, if these preachers was not here. But man, I'm telling you, I, I'm just not going to walk away from this just yet. I'm not going to walk away from it just yet. I'm telling you, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. When you get a chance to talk to Father Abraham, you start telling him how to save your family. You're in hell, but you still know how they need to handle your family. You've already blew it yourself and made such a mess. You're probably never going to get straight, and yet you still know how the preacher needs to handle your family. You're so blind when you get to hell, you'll still be trying to tell paradise how to save your family. But oh, what you need to hear is the words of a preacher. A man of God crying loud and sparing not. People listen to me. Please, saints, listen to me. When your man of God has got to deal with you and your family, don't get out of that seat and just walk out the door and go home. Please have enough love for that man of God to walk up to him and say, Brother Uzzle, I know you had to preach to me and my family tonight, but I still love you, man. We're still on your side. We're going to get this thing right. But no... Let the man go home tormented when all you would have had to say is I love you anyway man of God I know you're for me and my family but no it empowers you to know you got him over a barrel it empowers you to think that you've got him in a corner but I'm telling you, that attitude will take you to hell. And when you get there, you'll still be saying, I know how to do it. You'll still be saying, yeah, then repent. If you'd, send, if you'd get somebody out of the grave and the booming voice from eternity says no, they get a preacher just like everybody else. No. No, they don't get a messenger from the dead. They don't get a messenger from the dead. What they're going to get is a preacher called of God to step to the pulpit and say, I heard from the Lord last night for you. I heard from the Lord last night for you. But boy, I wish it could be Lazarus. I, I wish it could be Moses. I wish brother so-and-so would just come pray for me. Can I tell you in hell tonight, they'd be thrilled for anybody to witness to them. They know the value of a preacher. Don't wait till you get there to understand it yourself. I don't want to say too much tonight. Elder, if I say too much, fix it when I get done, fix it when I'm gone, fix it now, set me down. I'm
I'm going to tell you something, man, that belong to this church. This man of God got anybody on his side in him? I know he does. You ought to be going through that tape library. You ought to get some of the titles and messages he preached that put you out of hell. They ought to be on that wall too. Oh yeah. I feel what I'm saying tonight. You ought to have been in that tape room and said, hey, preacher, this message saved me right here. Could we put it between the two that the old elder preached that saved me? Well, if you got a problem with that, you probably didn't listen to him either. I said, if you got a problem with that, Sister Campbell could probably testify you kept the elder up late at night too. The good elder can testify too. Boy, I tell you what, it'd be real easy to get out of the spirit and get in the flesh right now. This man of God's not junior. He's the only voice standing between you and hell. And eternity's saying, you better hear him. You better hear him. You better hear him. You and Jesus ain't got your own thing going. You're going to have a preacher or you're going to go to hell. That's what paradise said to hell. Hear a preacher or go to hell. Hear your preacher or go to hell. That's what paradise said. That's not what Pastor Avery said. That's what paradise said. That's what paradise said. Paradise screamed. Hear the preacher. Hear the preacher. Hear the preacher. I don't know how I get in these messes. I'm telling you folks, you better listen tonight. Voices from the past won't save you today. Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to make a decision tonight. I told you when I got up here, it was decision time. Paradise is saying, hear your preacher. Hear your preacher. Hear your preacher. A glimpse of eternity says from the balconies of hell they're viewing paradise and remembering church. 
They're petitioning for water and they're demanded to remember. And as they go down memory lane, their heart breaks at the thought of family coming to hell. And they scream, do something special to save my family. Paradise says no. No. God chose foolishness and preaching to save them that believe. And there ain't a man in this church smarter than that man right there. Not a one. Because when he steps to that desk, it has nothing to do with age. It's ageless wisdom that places in his heart what you need to hear. And the day you shut the mouth of the preacher and you pull him away from you and your children, you have damned them to hell. I don't care who you are, what your name is, or how much money you've got. When you let your children do contrary to the pulpit, you are damning your soul and theirs. You don't know what it takes to save them. God does. That's why ageless wisdom steps to that pulpit Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek Bible study to tell you, hear the preacher. Oh, I tell you what, I, I, I like Cephas. I, I like Apollos. I'm of that Paul group. And then you got that super spiritual kind that they're just following Jesus. Paul said, you're carnal. That's what your problem is. You're carnal. That's what your problem is. Hey, preacher. You know you miss... Did, did you know that there was another verse that would work better? And you're sitting there thinking, now, son, I have been in the ministry more years than you've been alive. And you go home thinking, God, I sought you, I prayed. They were the very ones you were trying to talk to. And the whole time I preached, all they looked for was something to either critique something to add to it to make it as awesome as it would have been if they would have done it. But I'm telling you, paradise is still speaking to heaven, to hell. You better hear that preacher. Your brothers, if you're, you're, you don't want your brothers to go to hell, you better hope they hear a preacher. That's what you better do. Rich man, you don't want your brothers to come where you are. You better hope they hear a preacher. That's what you better do. Over in eternity, they're saying, I hope my family listens to a preacher. I hope my family listens to a preacher. I hope my family listens to a preacher. greatest of all preachers as they come to the music tonight I'm closing the greatest of all preachers stood up to read a little scroll in Luke chapter 4 
said, I've been anointed to preach. His name is Jesus. And preach he did. He preached repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He preached radical things like if your eye offends you. Oh, that wouldn't fit in today's. Oh, if you scream and sweat a little bit, you're radical. What would you think about Jesus standing up here saying, that right there is going to take you to hell? Jerk it out. Just jerk it out. There's been folks who wrote books about going to hell. I don't know if they went to hell or not. But this preacher created hell. He knows what it's like. And he said, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. He said, if your hand offends you, just cut it off. But he met a young man one day. This young man came to him and said, man, I'd like to have this eternal life. And he said, do thus and thus and thus. He said, man, I've got that all sold up. He said, you still got one, one problem. That one problem displays an attitude that all these men of God see over and over and over. That attitude is, I just can't do enough. I can't ever just go to church and it be enough. I'm not lying. I'm not stealing. I'm not committing adultery. But they just won't stop demanding. You know, my kids are coming to church. They could be staying at home. But I'd like to tell you tonight, sir, ma'am, you can bust hell wide open doing better than you have ever done. Because better is no substitute for right. And the pulpit of a true man of God is not to get you doing better. It's to get you doing right. We could bring a wife beater in here and him cut back to one time a week. Elder, that may be better than he's ever done. But it's a long way from right. And when your children, your spouse, yourself comes to church and, man, you rush up. Man, hey, how you doing, Elder? Man, I'm excited about eternal life. I tell, well, what have I got to do? And you feel like you've got it all you got it all took care of. That man of God says, man, I, I really need to talk to you. And as you start heading out toward the car, the devil starts in your ear. It's never enough. But anything short of right is never enough. That man of God can't let you go to hell without saying, listen, Listen, I've had these feelings. I'm sure these men of God, these pastors in the congregation have had these feelings, have watched folks walk away and you think, man, they're too good to go to hell. But too bad to be saved. Man, they're too right to be lost, but too wrong to be saved. We come all the way back around to say, hey, doing good ain't good enough.
got to do right if you're going to escape hell. Are you thankful tonight as we get ready to open this altar that your man of God is not content when you just do good? They're content with good all over the country. They're content with doing better than they've ever done all over the country. But that ain't worth anything come judgment day. It's got to be right. Better is no substitute for right. In eternity, they know the value of a preacher. In eternity, they very fully understand If my family's going to be saved, they're not going to get a message from the dead. They're going to have to go right down there to that oneness church, that God-called preacher, and hear what he's got to say. And he's not going to tell them they're doing good. He's going to tell them they got to do right. Can we bow our heads tonight? If you're in this congregation, and I know you are, I felt your spirit. The adversary wants to cause you to rise up, and I'm not saying just this local assembly, wherever, whoever. You don't really think it takes what that man of God's asking you to do. If you could hear an echo from paradise tonight, the message is hear a preacher or be lost come on let's feel after the Lord right now come on let's feel after the Lord right now come on saints would you help me right now let's feel after God Come on, let's reach out to the Lord. Come on, let's lift our voice in this place tonight. Come on, you need to tear that spirit down tonight. That wall between you and the man of God. You've got to hear the man in your life. Come on, this altar's open. If you feel like you'd like to come kneel. like to come kneel tonight. You know God has spoke to you in this house. Lord, coming home. I've wasted 
This altar, but there's more than this need to pray. I now repent with bitter tears. Lord, I'm coming home. Come on, if your family's gonna be saved, rich man, they gotta hear the ministry. They gotta hear their preacher. It's the only roadblock between them and hell. They're gonna end up right where you are. Come here. 